2018 You need to be seen It's time to come to the aid of America In 2018 Be part of the team It's time to come to the aid of America Go to the polls and cast your vote Welcome to Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters This is Vivian Hart and I will be your host on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson now, the League is a nonpartisan organization, which means we do not support any political party or candidate. We encourage citizens to be informed about and active in our government. Our goal with this program is to present unbiased information about the candidates, the issues, and our voting process relating to elections. We are delighted that you've joined us today. I will be interviewing League member Leah Jaffe. She's going to be telling us about removing voters from the voter rolls. The midterm election is over, and these three programs that are following this week and the next two weeks all have to do with national voting issues. This is a very important issue. And in fact, as of this week, the election for governor in the state of Georgia has not yet been decided. Brian Kemp, the Republican, has also been the Secretary of State, and Stacey Abrams, the Democrat, is running against him. The interesting thing about Georgia is that Brian Kemp's office removed one-tenth of the voters from the voter rolls in 2017, one out of every 10 voters. And it was because they moved out of state, they died, they moved uh, out of their congressional district, or just removed because, or that they were forced to re-register. So people who looked at that purged role found out that there were a number of people who moved to the other side of the apartment complex or moved to a different part of town, that they really didn't move out of state. They really didn't move out of the congressional district but it made it a lot harder for people to be able to vote. Brian Kemp's office also put 53,000 voter registrations on hold, and nearly 70% of those were black voters. And the reason for that was using the exact match system. So if somebody had a state application for something else, like their driver's license, and they included their middle name in it, or their middle initial. And then when they went to fill out the voter registration form, they didn't put their middle initial, even if the address was the same, the rest of the name was the same, their birth date was the same, it was not considered an exact match. In fact, even if there was an extra space put into their name between their first name and their last name, that would be considered not an exact match. 53,000 voter registrations put on hold. And that's concerning. Stacey Abrams is a black person. And those 70% of those who were black voters, they were having difficulty being able to vote because their voter registrations were put on hold. So these are the kinds of voter suppression things that happen in many states. So Leah Jaffe is going to talk to us about removing voters from the voter rolls nationally. Enjoy. Now, some of our talks are about what's happening locally, but this talk is about what is happening nationally also. So Leah, welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I first would like to ask you, what is voter roll maintenance, and what are some of the reasons to purge voter rolls? Voter roll maintenance is the process of removing people who had previously been eligible to vote from the voter rolls in order to maintain the integrity of the voter rolls. Another more commonly used term for voter roll maintenance is purging. Some of the reasons that people get purged from voter rolls are they've died, so death is a big reason. Um, they've moved out of the voting jurisdiction. That will take them off the voter rolls. They um, may have some kind of mental incapacity that the state requires that people be removed from the voter rolls. And another big one is felony conviction, because most states do require that felons be purged from the voter rolls. Now, you're a lawyer. Yes. You know all about the law. So I'm going to ask you some questions about the law. First of all, does the U.S. Constitution say anything about who can be purged? So the Constitution does not deal specifically with purging. In fact, the Constitution doesn't even grant a general right to vote. The 14th Amendment is sometimes used to ensure that states do not arbitrarily um, water down people's votes or deprive them of the right to vote. And the 15th Amendment requires that people be allowed to vote regardless of color or race or the Constitution says prior condition of servitude, which means that they were once slaves, something that's not likely to happen today. Um, the Constitution empowers states to determine the time, place, and manner of voting. However, in federal elections, Congress can override the rules that the states enact. So are there federal laws that govern purging? Yes, there are three major ways the federal government impacts purging. The Voting Rights Act of 1965, which most people are familiar with from history class, prohibited many practices that stopped people, stopped African Americans primarily from voting. And those were things like literacy tests, and they had to pay a poll tax. Poll taxes. And the literacy tests were only given to them, and they were like very detailed questions that almost nobody knows the answer to. So with respect to purging, I would say the main impact of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 would be that in the past, states had to get clearance from, there are certain states, nine states, including Arizona, had to get clearance from the Justice Department before they were able to make changes in their voting laws. That was recently overruled in a case called Holder v. Shelby County, which found that Article 5 of the Voting Rights Act, which required preclearance, was unconstitutional. And I think in that case, the U.S. Supreme Court said, well, it hasn't been happening for a long time, so we know it's not going to happen in the future. That's right. The Supreme Court basically said that um, we don't need the preclearance anymore because um, racial discrimination in voting is no longer a problem in these nine states. And, and it also involves some counties in other states besides the nine. And then shortly thereafter? Shortly thereafter, um, states 
started to um, impose many, many regulations on voting, often that had racially disparate impacts on African Americans and other minority groups. Yes. Another law that impacts voting is the National Voter Registration Act of 1993 and the Help America Vote Act of 2002. And both of these acts basically require some form of um, maintenance of the voting rolls to preserve the integrity and make sure people who are not eligible to vote can't vote. Those two statutes also are supposed to encourage people who are eligible to vote. So there is a tension between making sure ineligible voters don't vote and making sure eligible voters can vote. And both of those statutes are aimed at those two sometimes conflicting goals. How specifically does federal law impact purging of the voter rolls? So both the um, Help America Vote Act and the National Voter Registration Act require states to make reasonable efforts to purge their voting rolls of people who are ineligible by death or because they've moved. Well, that makes sense. You know, it's interesting. uh, My uh, son lived in Tucson for a time, and he was getting... Even after he moved uh, to another state, he kept getting some voting things. And I was writing back and saying, he doesn't live here anymore. And they removed him from the rolls, and they were supposed to do that. And it takes that. And on the other hand, my daughter uh, used to vote from my house and bought her own house. And she got a notice from the recorder's office, we noticed you moved. And so she's got her ballot at her own house this time. So the system is generally, and this is required by federal law, is that states are required to have some kind of reliable information that a person has moved. And when they have that reliable information, they will send what we call a confirmation notice, which requires the voter to either establish that they haven't moved out of the voting jurisdiction or that they've moved and they need to re-register in the new place that they live. Right. So that's what those notices are about. Right. And that I wrote the note that he no longer lived. That's right. So in, when they, so house. that would be considered reliable information, right. and that would cause them to send a notice. And if the and under federal law, if you do not respond to that confirmation notice, and if you fail to vote in two federal elections, then only then and only then can you be removed from the rolls. I see. So what are the rules for purging voters who have moved? We're talking about that some, but I'm sure there are other rules that you can mention. So one of the things is you can't purge voters um, um, less than 90 days before a federal election. Oh, that's good. So um, that will give people an opportunity to... um, That will give people an opportunity to contest their removal from the voting rolls. And federal elections happen every two years because we have the House of Representatives and, in most states, a senator to vote for. And then, of course, every four years, the president to vote for. That's right. So it's 
basically, if you haven't responded to your confirmation notice and you haven't voted in two years because federal elections are every two years, then you can be removed from the rolls by law. I should mention that um, in A. Philip Randall B. H- B. Husted, the United States Supreme Court weighed in on this issue, and they did find that states could trigger that confirmation notice simply because um, you haven't voted in two years. So it was sort of inverse of what usually happens in most states. In the state of Ohio, which is where Husted originated, there was an, al- an alternative purging procedure where if someone hadn't voted in two consecutive federal elections, they could be sent a confirmation notice. And um, many voting rights groups, including the League of Women Voters, opposed this procedure on the grounds that what it did was it um, it went against the federal prohibition of removing people from the voting rolls simply because they hadn't voted in two federal elections. Therefore, but the Supreme Court said no, no, no. The Supreme Court said that the Ohio case, the Ohio procedure was valid because it wasn't solely dependent on not voting in two elections. You also had an opportunity to respond to that confirmation notice that was sent. So Ohio was upheld. One interesting thing about the Husted case, aside from the fact that there was a great interest in this, great opposition in this case among voting rights groups, is that the federal government in the lower courts supported the voting rights groups and opposed Ohio's procedure. When President Trump got elected, the case was pending before the Supreme Court, and the Justice Department changed its position and supported the state of Ohio, which is very unusual for the Justice Department to do. I'm speaking with Leah Jaffe, one of the members of the Speaker's Bureau of the League of Women Voters. So, Leah, are there other rules under federal law regarding purging of the voter rolls? Yeah. In addition to um, the prohibition against removing people from the rolls simply because they haven't voted in previous elections, um, the federal government requires states have um, purging systems that are consistent and non-discriminatory. So is this consistent within the state or between states? It has to be consistent within the state, since states are permitted to make their own rules. I see. Okay. So what does federal law say uh, having to do with removing voters due to death? Federal law requires states to... to make reasonable efforts to remove deceased registered voters from the voting rolls. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Yes, it does. (laughs) Is there a problem with people who have the same name as the deceased? Yeah, so um, there are many problems with purging systems. And one of the major problems is that states rely, and um, in Arizona, for example, Agencies that keep track of death records are required to provide the voting officials with um, information as to who's died on a regular basis. I think it's monthly by Arizona law. So what happens is sometimes the the state records that the voting officials, the election officials rely on, and the voter rolls, they have to be matched. You have to make sure that you're finding the right 
person when before you remove them from the roles. And that requires that the names have to be the same. You have to have enough information about that individual in order to properly match the information you get from state records to the voting rolls. To so know, that would be their name. Could be their, their name. Birth, the, their birth Could date, be the birth date. Their address. Could be their address. Exactly. Okay. So the more matching fields is what they're called. The more matching fields you have, the more accurate you're going to be when you take people off the voting rolls. And unfortunately, states do not always require sufficient matching fields so that people who should be eligible to vote are, are wrongly removed. I understand, too, that Hispanics and Asians tend to have last names and first names, too, that are similar, more than Caucasians. Yes. So the more similarity you have in names, if you're in a particular ethnic group that has a lot of last names and first names that are very similar, the more likely you are going to be to be wrongly removed from the rolls because somebody else has died or somebody else has moved or somebody else has been convicted of a felony. I want to talk in a little bit about what the remedies are for this, but right now I want to ask what does the federal law require with respect to purging based on felony convictions? Because this is uh, quite a few people, too. So the federal law doesn't require anything, but they permit states to remove people from the voter, convicted felons um, from the voting rolls. And almost all states, I think there are two exceptions, have some kind of felony conviction purge. Um, and... And so in Arizona, for example, convicted felons are all taken off the voting rolls. However, in Arizona, first-time convicted felons are then um, automatically restored to their voting rights once they've completed their sentence, they've completed parole, they've completed probation, they've paid all their fines and made restitution, any restitution that they have to make. And then with the second felony? I believe you can petition the court to have your voting rights restored if you're a second felon. I think you're right. You have you have to petition the court. Y yes, and get yes. Permission you, but it's you're not automatically restored the way you are with a first time right, felony. Right. Are there laws regarding voting based on mental incapacity? Yes. That's an important one, too. So um, states also, th there's nothing in the federal law that deals with this, but states do um, have laws about taking people off the rolls because of mental incapacity. In Arizona, um, people who have been adjudicated mentally incompetent cannot vote. They're all taken off the rolls. However, there are occasions when somebody um, is put in guardianship only for very specific purposes. That's called a partial guardianship. And those people can petition the court to have their voting rights restored. So these are people you're saying that they can have be purged from the rolls. When you say adjudicated, you mean going through the court system, that a judge has looked at their case and decided that this person doesn't have the capacity to make any That's right. logical decisions. It, that's right. An adjudication of incapacity is done by a judge after due process, which is a hearing. And generally, that's based on 
a medical doctor or a psychiatrist or a psychologist who has examined this person. The, and judge, would, the judge would have to receive evidence of right. the person's incapacity. I'm speaking with Leah Jaffe, one of the members of the League of Women Voters and one of the members of our wonderful Speakers Bureau. And this is one of the topics that she talks about when she goes out and gives speeches. And if your group would like to have one of the speakers from the League of Women Voters speak to your group, please call our office at 520-327-7652 and request a speaker and tell us what you want us to speak on. I have a question about felons. Now, it's not automatic, is it, that they're automatically re-registered to vote once they come out of jail or have done what they need to do for society. They have to physically re-register again, right? The right is automatic. In other words, they don't have to go through any kind of judicial process in order to be restored to eligibility. However, they may, in fact, have to go to the county recorder's office to effectuate that right. Right, right. Or they can go to a League of Women Voters booth, registration booth, and fill out a form there. Yes, but That's it right. is the right that is automatically restored for first-time felons only. In Arizona. In Arizona. So what other problems with wrongful purging of the rolls are there? So there are a number of problems. One problem is that election officials are not always properly trained, and they confuse misdemeanor convictions and felony convictions. In Florida in 2000, I believe 300 people were removed from the rolls because they were convicted of misdemeanors, not felonies. They should have been eligible to vote. And that's important because the difference in the vote for Bush and Gore was under 300. It was less than that, yes. Um, another issue is racially, um, racial discrimination. So um, in that same election in Florida in 2000, 13% of African-American males were purged from the voting rolls. And um, they comprised a third of all the people who were purged, which is grossly out of proportion with their representation in the population. So there has been a, a history of all kinds of problems. I mean, another problem is that that um, election officials are not always properly trained. And so they use their own judgment in determining whether to purge people and determining whether people are eligible. Sometimes because the mat the matching criteria are not clear, they different people in the same office sitting right next to each other will use different criteria in determining whether someone is the same person and people get wrongfully purged that way. That's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so my last question to you is, what are some ways to improve the purging system so that these mistakes do not happen? Okay, so there have been many, many suggestions on how to improve the electoral process so that people are not um, wrongly purged from the system. Um, County recorders should develop and publish non-discriminatory rules on removing voters from the rolls, and records should be kept of who is removed and why, and 
made public, including at the polling place. In addition, voters who are deemed ineligible to vote should be notified, and when they appear to vote, they should be given provisional ballots if um, if the election officials think that they're not eligible to vote. Um, strict matching criteria need to be developed so that it's consistent across the state and people know exactly election officials know exactly how to identify voters that are no longer eligible to vote. Um, One really important way to do this and to um, avoid inconsistency would be to make sure that no one is ever removed from the voting rolls unless two election officials sign off on it. And that would improve consistency and it would reduce subjective judgments about who's eligible. I like all these suggestions. Any more? I think that's it, although I'm sure that there are many people who can come up with ideas on how to improve the voting system. Um, The most important thing is to try and reduce the inconsistency and the subjective judgments and to make sure that records are accurate and matching criteria are kept consistent. Leah, you are a wealth of information. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your knowledge and your wisdom about voting and purging the voter rolls and making it fairer. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. We hope you've learned something about the national situation having to do with removing voters from the voter rolls. You've been listening to Leah Jaffe, and we're on KXCI 91.3 FM. All episodes of this series are on kxci.org, and after they've been broadcast, they're on the website. This show is recorded and produced by Amanda Schager. You can learn more about the League of Women Voters at our website, lwvgt.org. My name is Vivian Hart. I am the host of this program. And next week, we are going to be talking with Cindy Sofran about gerrymandering, which is another national voting issue. Bye-bye.